Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit cuts their roster from training camp by nine. Also previewing the first exhibition game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. It's called The Daily J. Check it out if you got some time. Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News as well as the host of Lockdown Tigers. And uh, today was the final day of training camp, which means that tomorrow or today, by the time you're listening to this, is the first day of preseason. One of eight preseason games that Detroit Red Wings are going to play before the regular season gets started. And it's just, it's it's like, we keep saying it every step of the way. Every little step that we take towards the season, we keep saying it's finally here. We said that during the prospects tournament. We said it during training camp. And now we're going to say it for <laughs> preseason. But it's not going to finally, finally be here until, what, the 14th when they play their first game. But for all intents and purposes, I mean... For the third time, hockey's back. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch the Detroit Red Wings play hockey against another hockey team. Are we though? Is this game? uh, Is it being streamed somewhere? That's true. That's true. I I know that this game isn't on like Bally or anything. I know Chicago on Wednesday is gonna be streamed on Bally Sports X because it's not Plus anymore. It's X. (laughs) But. But it's, it's a Tuesday's game, I can't I can't find anywhere that says they're gonna have a stream yeah, of it. I don't even know if ninety seven one's gonna air it. We're gonna have to figure that out because it's not on the Bally schedule. I'm gonna be hopefully devastated. Yeah, hopefully it's streamed somewhere. I hope Pittsburgh's streaming it. Um I don't care. But, yeah, I don't care who's streaming. So well, I'll just you know, I'll figure a way to get that Pittsburgh stream one way or the other. But let's <laughs> before we get to that, let's talk about training camp, the final day. Not so much about the day the, the practice itself, but more so the conversation that was had afterwards with Derek Lalonde. Well, actually, first, I'm jumping ahead, actually. Let's talk about the roster cuts. They Because they cut nine guys from training camp's roster, sent some of them back to their uh, major junior clubs. Other guys they sent back to, or they just cut them all together because they were invitees. So the Red Wings assigned forwards Amadeus Lombardi and Pascal Zito, defenseman Oscar Plandowski and goaltender Jan Bednar to their respective major junior clubs and released forwards Julian Anktil, Marcus Limpire Lance, Mitchell Martin, Jacob Matthew, and goaltender Andrew Oki from their amateur tryouts. So that cuts it down to 60 players on their training camp roster, which is where they had to be at. And honestly, you know, I don't have a, there's only one guy on here that I'm like, I wish we could have gotten a little bit longer look at. And that was Jan Bednar because I thought he was playing really well during prospects tur- tournament and training camp, but I understand you can only carry so many goaltenders. The rest of the guys, I mean, Amadeus Lombardi had a good prospects tournament, had a good training camp, but it's his first year at training camp. So it's, I'm fine with them sending him back. The rest of these guys, I'm fine with them sending back. The guys they cut, I'm comfortable with them cutting at this point in time. Jan Bednar is the only one I wish they had a little bit more of an extended look at going into preseason. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I've, I've made my... Uh my love for Bednar known at this point. I'm, I'm a big fan. So I, I definitely a little sad to see him go, but I think that 
he accomplished about as much as he could have accomplished in camp in the yeah. same breath, right? Like when you're when you're a player of that caliber, not caliber, but when you're uh, a player of that status and you come into camp and you have goals that you set out for yourself, I think doing well enough to hang around and uh, kind of go back to your respective team there with, with having shown out and played a little bit with the uh, the NHL guys and whatnot and gotten some looks by some of the higher up coaches. And uh, yeah, I mean, prospect tournament looks pretty solid. I think he accomplished about as much as he could have. So I'm, I'm like you, I would have liked to see him stay around a little bit longer, maybe one more. What's the word I'm trying to think of? One more uh, section of cuts, one more round. That's the word. Goodness. Round of cuts. Um, but I'm, I'm fine with it. And, and I think that he, he did enough to kind of, you know, people go, oh, yeah, like Jan Bednar. But the, the only other person besides that, um, Mitchell Martin getting outright cut. He was a guy that looked, I thought, decent in the prospect tournament and kind of got a decent amount of playing time over the last few weeks and has gotten some looks. So didn't in, in camp or anything, didn't really do anything to stand out, but made the camp roster because he was getting a, a decent look, to be honest, in the, in the prospect game. So he was another one, you know, it was a tryout thing. So he's outright released, but um, that, that was an, the only other person really on this list that kind of caught my eye and yeah, everybody else that stayed makes sense that they stayed. So yeah, he didn't look bad, but he didn't necessarily look good enough to keep around. I understand. Like I don't, yeah, I have no yeah, qualms no, I... of them cutting him. Um, I don't know. I think this is fine going into training camp with, I'm glad that uh, Bianca Batuka is sticking around. He's some guy, he's one of those guys uh, along with Riley Piercy that were invitees, but have performed very well up until this point. Um, and I mean, this transition uh, transitions us really nicely into the press conference that they had, uh, the media availability rather with Derek Lalonde. And they asked about what they thought about Bianca Batuka and Derek Lalonde says like, yeah, he was, he's been really impressive. I mean, he's earned every, he's looked earned every single look he has gotten along the way. He, I mean, he was a plus four in the prospects tournament. And I know we talk about plus minuses not being that big of a deal, but when you're a plus four, when you're that far in the positive, clearly you're doing something right on the ice. And he was, he was in the right place at the right time. He was doing a good job setting up teammates, making safe passes. And then they carried over in the, the training camp. Like this is why things have looked this good. Yeah. I mean, Lalone seems to be a huge fan, right? Like that was definitely the one big thing I think you can take out of his comments and out of the press conference. Well, whatever media availability, but yeah, he, he spoke very highly of him. And so anybody that really anybody on this coaching staff points out by name and go, this dude has looked good. Yeah. I'm going to want you to stick around longer. <laughs> so I'm totally cool with it. And yeah, one of the, one of the cool stories of camp so far for sure. Yeah. I mean, considering this is a guy, this is a, a defenseman and he only had 14 points, in 37 games played last year in the QMJHL, but he's a defenseman. He's a safe defenseman and he's a right-handed shot, which is always highly valued. But he's six foot four, two hundred three pounds. I mean, this is a guy that kind of fits that mo. Now, I, I if he earns an AHL contract, that's left up up to debate still. But I mean, he like Lalonda said, he has earned his opportunity every step of the way, every step of the way. So I Absolutely. hope he continues to earn that possibility. Because we let's be honest, we love these kind of diamond in the rough underdog stories of guys who get invited and they they perform so well that they earn a contract. Same thing with Riley Piercy, like I said. Yeah, I mean, the longer you stick around in camp is the better chance you have to 
climb higher and higher in the organizational ladder. So yeah, like I said, anybody who is is spoken of highly by any coach when asked about him like by name like that, I'm I'm gonna it's gonna catch everybody's eyes and ears. And so yeah, I'm I'm pumped that we get to see him for longer. They also asked uh they also asked Derek Lowe about Joe Valeno because even though he played a long a lot of games last season, he is waiver exempt coming into this year and they asked what the possibility was that he is a casualty of roster cuts just because of the fact that he can yeah. be sent down to the AHL without having to hit waivers and Derek Lalonde didn't be, like shy away from it he was honest He's like that is unfortunately a reality of the game like it is easier for him to be sent down but you know when it comes to when it comes to Joe Valeno I, I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily in love with his play from last year he showed times where he was really good but he also showed times where he didn't re- quite look like he was ready for the NHL level post all-star break I think he really st- took it up a notch but pre-all-star break he looked lost at times on the ice so I'm not necessarily in love with or not that's not the right way to f- phrase it I'm not necessarily I'm not gonna hate if he gets sent down to the AHL because he gets out competed for a roster spot but I'm also haven't given up on him as a center on this team moving forward I think he's got the skill set but he just needs to be able to prove it on a consistent basis. Yeah, that's definitely the next step in development. We talked about Joe Valeno a lot at the end of last season. That was one of the more prominent players that we talked. I mean, he was, it seemed like every single game recap and every single show we were discussing something to do with Joe Valeno. So I, I think that that has carried over into this year. And because of the waiver exemption, like you explained, he becomes a really intriguing story for this camp and preseason. And when you look at center depth, we talk about it all the time. It's something that this team needs more of. But uh, you also want – Iserman has made it very clear that playing time is like the most important thing for a lot of these dudes' development, and you want to walk that fine line. I think – I mean, going into camp, he is one of the dudes that I'm most – interested in in looking at and in most one of the more intriguing like I said storylines when we go into not camping into into the preseason so I'm uh, I'm pumped to watch him play and that certainly is going to be a factor whether anybody wants to admit it or not but I I I mean he'll play at the NHL level this year he's just right in that kind of in between space at the moment and he's either got to play his way out of being in that in-between space and solidify a spot on the roster or the opposite. And and they look around and go, yeah, you probably have some more steps in development. We'd rather you played, you know, 23 a night in Grand Rapids than eight in Detroit. So. Absolutely. Uh, we'll continue this breakdown of the Derek Lalonde press conference. There's a couple of things I want to get to before we get to our uh, exhibition game. Number get one preview. But first I got to talk to you guys today about bet online, bet online, BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Derek Lalonde, they also asked him um, about injuries because, Scott, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's already a plethora of injuries 
on the Red Wings front. Uh, oh, yeah. Tyler Bertuzzi is day-to-day with a flare-up, as they call it. We don't know what that flare-up is on. Uh, there's also Oscar Sundquist has been out all training camp thus far. Andrew Kopp is still recovering from his core surgery. Obviously, we know about uh, Pissick. We also know about Wallman. There's a lot of guys missing from the lineup who would be in the lineup if they were healthy. And they asked him about, one, how these injuries impact what you're trying to accomplish at training camp, but two, the opportunities that it gives younger guys to give themselves a role. And, you know, he spoke specifically about the the cop situation. He, he said the timeline uh, is hopefully he's ready for game number one of the NHL regular season. Like, that's what they're shooting for right now. If he's ready earlier, good. But they said they were warned with core surgery. Some days you feel like you're 100%. Other days you feel like crap. So they're giving it time. They're being patient. But in the meantime, it's going to give guys, and he said it, like Michael Rasmussen, like Joe Valeno, like Philip Zadina, an opportunity to jump up in the lineup and prove what they got in a top six role. Philip Zadina played on a line at times during training camp with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond. So I think that, you know, it's it's if you're looking for a silver lining, training camp is an opportunity with all these injuries for, like Derek Lalonde said, these injuries provide an opportunity for these young guys to really prove that they are top six talent at the NHL level. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the whole point, right? Like that's the whole point. Like that's, that is uh, definitely taking the opportunity that is given to you is, is the biggest point of this whole process. So yeah. And, and you know, we talk about the Joe Valenos and such and, the the waiver exempt guys that is their biggest role is when injuries come they are the first guys that are looked at because they can get sent back down when players are healthy again so those kind of players are are also kind of have the biggest not anything to prove necessarily or no more to prove than anybody else but uh could could step up and again grab the opportunity and be one of the more prominent roles on the team when all these dudes have these injuries going on and obviously we don't want any of these to be long term but uh for the short term getting some more opportunities with some more different players and being able to mix and match lines even more and pairings even more i mean you know silver lining i guess well speaking of uh zadina they did also ask him about the check line because they talked about the fact that Zadina and Vrana have a good connection. They've been practicing together and they've been on a line. They were on a line together in training camp and they asked Derek Lalonde, like, is that intentional? Are you trying to create, because Dominic Kubelik also is Czech. Are you trying to create a Czech line? And Derek Lalonde very bluntly was like, no, that's not the goal at all. He's like, I'm just trying to put, put guys together who play the best together. He said, "Will does the familiarity they share because they're similar type players who come from the same nation help them with chemistry? Yeah, no duh. But, He's not, he said, not necessarily. He's just whoever plays the best together. He's like, I'm trying all different things during training camp. Basically said, don't read too much into it. But like my retort to that is I think that they would find that chemistry because of that. They speak the same mother tongue. You know, they have a similar playing style. They both want to be playmakers. That's that kind of that check play style. Same thing with Dominic Kubelik. They want to be that sniper. They want to be that goal scorer. So it kind of makes sense that they would find that easy chemistry to make it easy to put them on a line together. That's why the Russian five worked so well together because they could go out there and there's no language barrier between them. You know, that it was just easy chemistry and they came from a similar system. So while you're not specifically looking for that, it wouldn't surprise me if that naturally found its way to be true just because of that familiarity, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, it, it, it could. It could be great. I, I do think that that is a little maybe looking, not looking too far into it, but maybe a, a slight, I don't even think overreaction is the right word, but like, yeah, like they played a line together in camp and they're all from the same place and that's, you know, like cool. And, and it, and it might, you're right. It might end up working out because of all the factors that you said, but I don't know. I, I need to see a, a lot more of it and a lot more of it at a pretty high level before I'm, I don't know, thinking all of those things about I'm them not, playing together. I, I'm, I'm not even sure that like anything you just said, I'm not sure even remotely crossed my mind as far as like line matching going forward. I'm not saying that that's what's happening and that's what's going to happen, but I'm saying I could see it happening as a, like an added sure. like benefit to being of the same home nation. I mean, sure. we see we do see that in the NHL. I mean, some of your best lines are lines of guys who come from similar systems, come from same same nations because again, they don't have that barrier. There's a lot of other things that go into chemistry, but I wouldn't be surprised if Vron and Zadina make a lethal duo be because of that. You know, I, Which, I think I mean, that yeah, would, it would undeniably hurt. looked great together so far in camp. So. Yeah, I'm not trying to like make a prediction. I'm just saying like it, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> no, if that that happened. Um, I feel you. So we got a question from Red Wings Brazil, a Twitter account that follows us. And one, it's awesome that there are Red Wings fans in Brazil. Uh, but they asked us a couple of good questions I want to get to. So I want to get through our Red Wings exhibition game number one, preseason game number one against Pitt Pittsburgh Penguins. And it's going to be a really simple preview because there's no expectations, so to say, in like terms of lineups. We have... Basically, we have no idea what to expect in terms of what lineups are going to look like. And then because it's preseason and the other team's going to be playing not their best, we're going to be playing our, not our best. You shouldn't like look too much into the score. But what we're going to be looking for is, you know, systems and what Lalone would say, structure and just see what kind of systems this team is trying to run and see what players are going to stand out that maybe aren't, you know, your everyday NHL players. But Scotty, what is like something you're looking to take away from the first game against the Pittsburgh Penguins? Phillips Zadina. It's like the easiest answer ever, to be honest. But there is, it, it is truly, if you watched it, you understand, but it is truly hard to put into words like how good he looked in the red and white game. I want to see that translated to an actual opponent. I know it's still preseason, but I, that is like him and Edvinson are, are one and two of like what I, for the rest of preseason period, not even just, this game specifically for the next nine games, eight, eight, nine games, whatever. Like that is the two biggest things for me comfortably is how good Zadina looks. And, and hopefully he's given some prominent playing time and is, is given a legitimate look. Um, and I, I want to see who he's on a line with. I want to see how he looks with these other line mates again, that, that are getting probably subbed in and subbed out of. And like obviously Edmondson, but that's pretty straightforward. Philip Zadina is like the biggest one for me. Like the it's it he has looked so good in camp. I want to see that translated into a game. I think, and we gotta get to our second ad break here. But I think whenever we talk about how we want to see a player perform well, we also have to put the caveat in if they play, because there's 60 sure. people on this roster right now, and only what 18 are gonna play a night. Right. So well, that we, yeah. That's why I prefaced it with like you know for the rest of camp, not even yeah. necessarily just this game, but yeah. 
but yeah, I completely agree. If Phillips and he could come out, like we talked about last night, it starts in training camp. And if you can get that ball rolling and carry that through preseason and carry through that, and that carries into the regular season, like very much so. I want to see Phillips Zadina as well, just absolutely tear it up. Um, when we come back, we'll finish up our preview or basically what we want to see happen in this first preseason game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and then we're going to get to that question from at Red Wings Brazil, at Red Wings BR on Twitter. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, the other thing that I really want to see as a takeaway is obviously, I mean, Simon Edmondson is such an easy one to point out, right, Scotty? I mean, like, you don't really have to say it. You know, Lalonde pointed him out during the red and white game as somebody who had a lot of turnovers. We mentioned during the prospects tournament, it looked like he was maybe taking it a little easy. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I could have just been like lying to myself. Like my, like maybe it's just he, the ice is so small and he's that big that it's so easy for him to cover that much ice. Um, but I want to see Simon Edmondson. I don't necessarily need him to go out there and dominate, but I need him to have a good game just to reassure yeah. me. Cause it's, this is a selfish reason for my own insecurities, just to reassure me that, you know, he is progressing well, not necessarily to say he's like the real deal, but just to see that he is taking that next step that we had heard about all this time up until this time, up until this training camp. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's probably number one or very close to number one on everybody's wish list of the preseason. Edvinson is going to be toward the top of everybody's uh, kind of an under the radar thing to look out for is if, if he plays well, that that's, Again, obviously that that's the biggest priority, but who he looks the best with pairing wise, I think is, is one of the more intriguing things for me. Cause you know, he's not going to be getting significant opportunities with Sherratt and cider. And I'm fairly confident, not probably too much of Heronic, but like, Outside of those, like I, I would like to see a, a Mata and Edvinson line. That sounds yeah, just sweet it out. to me. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff surrounding Edvinson outside of just how well he plays. That is also going to be a big area of focus for the preseason, and I think who he's out there with, maybe even offensively too. Like who, who, you know, who are the forwards that he's out there with just all around how he looks with uh, other players on the ice, I think is a big one for me too. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the other thing too is like just talking about the game overall, you know, I want to see that structure that Lalone is talking about. And again, preseason yeah. game number one, so it's going to take a while. And in fact, Lalone talked about how he's usually – he thinks seven preseason games is usually excessive and the Red Wings are playing eight, but he said for once he's thankful because this is a young team that has a lot to learn with the new coaching staff coming in. So with eight games, this gives them the opportunity to really like hone in what their play style is. And that's what I want to see preseason game. Number one, I don't need it to be perfect, but I want to see what that structure is trying to be. I want to see what that power play and penalty kill are trying to be. I think that's going to be vital. I'm going to be watching an very intensely. System that's not dumping chase. chase for 60 minutes, <laughs> or or drop back past the defenseman who then tries to br- uh, bust through the blue line, right? So- or or park, <laughs> yeah, or park the bus for for you know go up one nothing and try and park the bus for the rest of the game. Yeah, so I'm really going to be looking for how they try to get into the zone, how they try to prevent zone entries, things of that nature, because that's going to be that's going to be a early tell of how Derek Lalone is going to run his hockey team through the regular season. Absolutely. hundred percent. Okay. Uh, anything else you're looking for? 
Um, I mean, like, you know, th- there's some easy ones. I mean, goaltending. Yeah. Big one for the, especially with the outside of just the top two, like the two Detroit Red Wings. Specifically goalies. Kosa. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like Kosa is definitely the, the big thing now outside and like, you know, obviously Ned and everything too, but um, yeah, goaltending probably, I, I mean, like, you know, there's a like, just how does the defense look period? It was terrible last year. Like, how, you know what I mean? Like we're going to give a lot more defensemen than just the top pairing, a ton of looks in, in the preseason as, as we should. So I, I think that that's probably a big thing. And like you said, special teams, what is the, the play style of the power play? Is there any new system, new plays like there? I mean, there's a ton to be honest with you. There's a ton. Uh, absolutely agreed. And then, so when we move on now to and just finish off the episode as we're getting close to the end, uh, at Red Wings BR, Red Wings Brazil, uh, added us on Twitter and asked us if I asked us a couple of questions out of training camp. They had listened to our most recent episode, and it was kind of there was a two-folded question, and I just felt it was better to answer this in this medium rather than try and send out a plethora of tweets responding that way. Because yeah. let's be honest, having conversations well, back and forth on Twitter can be exhausting. That, like, they you know, I'm sure everybody has too. So. so the first one uh, was, we talk about three D-men making the roster all day long, and that's it. How deep or shallow are we on D? Do you have a, do we have 6D or got to rely on top four and pray for St. Ned and Huso? First of all, I think it's great that he called him, they called him St. Ned. Um, but to answer that question, there are more than three D men that are making the roster. We may have been only focusing on three three D men recently, which is probably Ben Sherat, Moritz Sider, and Simon Edmondson. We focus a lot on, but you know it's still up in the air if he makes the roster. But there are absolutely six D men that are making this roster regardless. I think Moritz Sider, Sherat, Horonic, Olimata, and uh, Gustav Lindstrom are for sure. That's five, and I would bet my money that Jordan Osterley makes the roster as well, because you're going to carry more than six defensemen, first of all. So those are the six that are going to make the roster, in my opinion. Up in the air is Simon Edmondson, Robert Haig, um, guys of that nature. Those guys could be your question marks you could slide in there. If Edmondson has a great preseason, he could beat out Osterley for that number six spot. But that all depends on uh, you know, how well he performs. Uh, whether, whether or not to answer the second part of that question, Scotty, whether or not it's a deep or shallow D it's deeper than last season. That is for sure. For sure. Ben Sherratt's a big physical defenseman. Who's hard to play in the defensive zone. He draws some penalties, but he's going to pair well with Moritz Sider. We think Olimata is a fantastic defensive defenseman and he's going to play really great. Off- Mata, man. I low key, my favorite really signing excited. of the off season. Yeah. Really um, Olimata is going to pair very well. With Phil Pronick. He's going to perform as a safety net for Phil Pronick to give Hronik the confidence he needs to play more offensive game style. Uh, and then your bottom pair is going to be Gustav Lindstrom paired with whoever the sixth defenseman is that makes the team, whether it be Simon Edmondson or Jordan Osterley or Robert Haig, it's going to be one of those guys. So that's the answer to question one. Scotty, you want to take it, chime in on that? Yeah, no, I, I think that, when talking about, like, you already went through everybody that's going to make it, uh, and that is in the running for making it there, so I won't go down that again. But as far as the depth, I do think that, well, it, it's objectively better than last year, and it's objectively better than last year because the ceiling for pairing two is, I, I mean, astronomically higher than it was last season. And, like, Cider's still going to be at the top, 
And he's not, you know, love him to death. He's not paired with Danny DeKaiser anymore. And you say whatever you want about Ben Sherratt. Like there, there might be some growing pains there. He might end up being, you know, there's some people that think he was a horrible signing. It Compare him to DDK. And like, he's still probably <laughs> going to end up being at least slightly better. So we're, we're the same. And I mean, Cider's another year older, another year of experience. We're going to be better at the top. And the second line, again, when you're comparing it to the, I mean, Mark Stahl and Heronic, I guess, was like a majority of the season. It was kind of a carousel, even that high up as 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 high up as as fourth defenseman, just because of how shallow the blue line was last year. So I think with I really like the Heronic and Mata line. I really do, and I and I think that that has the potential to be a a, a really effective seven seven second pairing uh, for the Red Wings at the blue line. So. I think the top four is objectively way better than last year. It's oh, just a, doubt, a matter man. of then the third line, the line, line pairing. I always just say line, but I, so <laughs> pairing. Um, I know that that's pretty similar to last season. And the biggest thing is really going to be Edvinson. That's really where most of that falls on to. So can you Edvinson makes the team and, and he makes, you know, third pair or I mean, heck if he blows the doors off and he makes second pair and one of those guys moved down, that's obviously improved depth as well indirectly. So it, it's definitely a, a much deeper. Well, much might be a stretch. It's definitely a deeper blue line. It's just a matter of how much deeper and, and how deep that goes and if it reaches the third pairing or not. Can you imagine, though, if Jake Wallman and uh, Pissick were both healthy, how competitive right. that yeah, third Wallman pairing would be? Back will be huge. Yeah, because Pissick's a pretty solid third pairing defenseman as well, defensive defenseman mm -hmm. as well. I mean, you wore an A with, For I sure. think, the Buffalo Sabres at one point. Not that they, you don't have to be like the best player in the world to wear an A, but, you know, the leadership quality is part of that intangibles that you like. And so, I mean, that, that's another guy. If those two guys were healthy, I mean, the competition would be unreal for, for that sure. third pair, and they would push each other. Uh, the other question that this Twitter account had for us was, do you think all the hype and expectation got to Edvinson's head? Too much pressure on the kid, differently from Cider, who got two seasons before making the team. Two or three seasons for Simon to bloom as an NHLer. Thanks for your time. So I actually think it's the other way around. I think the expectations and hype got to Red Wings fans' heads, not Simon Edvinson's head. I think that us as Red Wings fans, and that includes myself, probably especially after you got nominated for Rookie of the Year in the SHL, probably began to think, oh my God, this is Cider version 2. Cider 2.0, which is an incredibly unfair expectation to put on a kid who's 19 years old. And you bring up a good point that Simon, or not Simon Edmonton, Moritz Cider had an extra year of professional play. He played 49 games in Grand Rapids, and he played a full season in the SHL. So he had two years of professional hockey um, before coming over to North America and making the Red Wings, whereas Simon Evanson just played his first year. So Simon Evanson has had one less year to develop as a professional hockey player than Moritz Sider. But I think the we've set the expectations so high because like Moritz Sider, he was selected sixth overall in the first round. He's another big defenseman, and he is acclaimed to have a lot of the similar attributes that Moritz Sider had when Moritz Sider was drafted. But no two players are the same. So it's never fair to really ever compare one player to another. Simon Edmondson is Simon Edmondson. And he will be ready when he's ready. And I have no doubt when he's ready, he's going to be a top four defenseman on this Red Wings team. But 
Will he be ready out of preseason? That remains to be seen. Like you pointed out, uh, Red Wings Brazil, he's got one less year of professional hockey under his belt. And that one year, one extra year might make the difference in the end. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't really have too much to add. I don't, I don't think anybody can really answer, you know, if it's been, gone to his head or whatnot. And, and we, ha- you know, the, the reports out of camp aren't like, oh my goodness, he looks like Moritz Sider. He's the greatest defenseman ever walked the face of the planet. Like this dude is a can't miss prospect, whatever. But, uh, you know, they haven't been terrible either. And at the end of the day, this is still all we have is five days of training camp in a red and white game. Like we, we haven't seen him play against uh, even another team's preseason roster. So th- there's still a lot of time until we start having a conversation of, you know what I mean? I, I don't think it's, I think we're a, a little too early of, of in our, an- in analyzing him of just like, Oh, like maybe we expect more so far. Maybe he, you know, whatever. Like it's, it's just, it's still very early. And yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I'm really pumped to watch him in the preseason because I, I expect big things like we all do. Absolutely. Um, thanks for the question. Those are just a couple of great questions. I yeah. appreciate it. And if you guys send us questions like that on either YouTube comments, you can add us on Twitter. Uh, we'll do our best to answer them in episode if we don't have too much on our plate already. So, yeah, just feel free to send us any questions you may have about the Red Wings, and we'll do our best to answer them. Scotty, any final thoughts on uh, today's episode preview for final game, first game? Um, I don't think so. We ball. We do ball. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday with a online game recap. First of the season, as well as a preview for postseason preseason game number two against the Chicago Blackhawks. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.